welcome back to the Beloved Podcast. I'm again joined here by Debbie and Nina. Hi. And I myself, Crystal. And we have been talking about the Word of God. Um, In the last podcast, we ended off by um, talking about why it's important to apply the truth, the Word of God, in its entirety. So, Deb, do you want to just lead off from where we left? Yeah, so basically we said that it was really important. So you can tune out now. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to say it's irresponsible and negligent to teach half a gospel or a watered-down gospel. Mm. Um, And if you don't know what I mean by watered-down gospel, I mean we, we were talking in previous podcasts about how, you know, there's all these great, encouraging verses but they come with a price almost or or a a condition um so it's important to to you know incorporate all of that so there's some good questions from uh steve hill to be honest with yourself about um in terms of testing the message or teaching yeah in, in terms of testing the messages or the teaching that you're feeding yourself on so we were talking about, you know, um, listening to podcasts and watching TV preachers and things like that, or mm. even sitting in your own church. Um, these are some good questions that you can um, ask yourself. So the first question is, does it tell me what my itching ears want to hear or does it rebuke my flesh? So basically, if it's not challenging you to action or to move, then it's probably just pandering to pamper you, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah, I had um, placating me. It's giving me an excuse. You know, when someone is um, telling me what my ears want to hear, it's it's allowing me to live in sin. It's, you know, and if I'm not looking deeper into that and, and testing it for myself, then, you know, I'm just allowing that to carry on in my own life. Hmm. Yeah, or if you look at the um, the scripture comes from 2 Timothy 4, for the time will come when people will not put up with goods, with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think what you need to understand, <laughs> this like teaching that just tells you what you want to hear, mm-hmm. but you need to feel that point of conviction. You need to be moved to repentance. Are you encouraged to be transformed into the image of Christ? You know, do you see, do you look back upon your life and say, well, I can definitely see that I've grown and matured since the last year. I've become more like Christ in that last year. You know, you should be able to measure that you are growing. And this teaching that's, you know, itching ears want to hear, it's that, it's pleasant to our ears. It doesn't convict us. It's not hard, but it's it's always uplifting and encouraging. It's just what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. And remember, the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't like conviction. All right. So our f- sinful flesh <laughs> is prefer the you know the easy watered down gospel message. Mm-hmm. If we go back to that previous point that Debbie was talking about. Um, 
that's you know part of the danger of that that half a gospel that watered down gospel it's because they're giving people what they want to hear they want to hear the good bits of like you have God's blessing and blah 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 but they don't want to hear oh, okay to get that promise you have to mm. fulfill that condition to be saved requires repentance an acknowledgement that you are a sinner and you're choosing to turn away from your sinful life. And the danger of not preaching that full gospel is that people become gospel hardened and they walk away from God and say, well, I tried that and it didn't work for me. And the danger of hearing this easy teaching is that we don't grow and we actually just sit in rebellion this itching ears, it's just the pleasant, easy, fluffy teaching. It's all about you and it's your day and God's favor and blessing is on you. Mm. And these are true things that God has a plan and a purpose and a hope for us. He's got a future, you know, that we're the apple of our father's eye. These are true things, but there's also conviction and repentance and the process of sanctification that goes on till we die. Mm. Well said. Um, the next question that I had was, does it give me a way to avoid the cross or does it call me to pick up my cross daily? Mm. Uh, I think we kind of a little bit alluded to that, you know, in saying, you know, is it, you know, just going, oh yeah, you know, we can, we can just get by without actually having to go to God with these things or Mm. does it mean, you know, am I let off the hook? You know, or does it mean that, you know, I need to actually do something about this, you know, or like I, I was sitting there the other day and I um, I was actually just playing a game on the iPad. It wasn't, I was just wasting time doing nothing. And um, anyway, and I was at my desk and my Bible was sort of off to the side and I was just playing this game. And, um, and then I looked over at my Bible and I was like, oh, I should really read my Bible. I kept playing the game and I was like, well, I should really read my Bible. <laughs> I just kept playing and then I was like, okay, I need to just put this down and pick up my Bible, you know, and, like, mm. and, and actually get into it. So, I mean, we need, like we've been talking, we need to get more into God's word. You know, we don't need to be sitting wasting time on playing silly games when we could be reading our Bible, you know. I'm not saying that you don't have to not not allowed to play those games but yeah like you know there's a time and place but yeah I think it's those times that we need to really go right well what am I spending more time on and what should I be spending my time on but Mm, yeah what you make time for shows your priorities Mm. in life doesn't it that's it yeah yeah when you think about like what Paul says like you know compare your life to a marathon you're supposed to be casting off everything that hinders your walk and that's like what um, picking up your crosses, you're, you're dying to the flesh and the sinful ways and you're choosing to walk by the Spirit, you're choosing to work, walk in the fruits of the Spirit to live according to the Word of God. Well, for me in my own, um, my own life, facing my past was really hard, you know, um, coming to God and laying it all at His feet was really hard. Um, because of, you know, what I'd been through and, and the dirt that I had on me. You know, I um, did a lot of things that as an 18, 19-year-old, I, I was like, I, how did I even end up here? And so when I put it at the cross, 
it was it was fully completely lifted off but the behavior that I had was still there and I have to choose every day to nail that behavior to the cross and move on and from that day on it's it was still a struggle when I was younger that I had to just go, okay, God, again today, the enemy is attacking me with this shame that I'm holding on to, mm. but you've taken that away from me. I don't need to fear that anymore. I don't need to hold that anymore. So I'm going to nail it to this cross. I'm going to go, you know, I'm pushing through with you. Mm. I'm going to carry it. And even now, you know, it's hard to think about what I have done and what I've faced in life. But it's, it gets easier every time you nail it back to the cross and just go, no, that is not me anymore. But if you're continuously going back and picking that back up, mm. if you're you know, constantly taking back just that piece, you're holding on to something that doesn't belong to you anymore. And you're, you know... If, if somebody isn't standing there telling you or if, you know, the people who are around you, the, the pastor that you have, the podcast that you're listening to, the TV shows that you're watching, if they're not challenging you to walk this walk in that way with Christ as your forefront, then you've got to change mm. because you're still going to be going back mm. and picking up the stuff that you left there in the first place. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was just thinking. Um, also, you know, that question. You know, does it give me a way to avoid the cross, or does it give me a way to pick up my cross daily? Um, I know. Oftentimes, we hear, "Oh, God loves, God loves me." You know, like, and, and you can be in in a church and you can hear a sermon, and it's like, "Yes, did you know that God loves you?" And that's great, but. God loves everybody and he wants us. His desire is not just that we accept his love, but that we accept him and we go to the cross and we accept the cross. So that's, you know, if we're just, all we're hearing is love, then we're not going to come anywhere near the cross. But if we're hearing that we need to go to the cross to get the love or to stay in that love, then, you know, that's a sermon that is heading you towards the cross as well. Sorry, I just thought of that as well. Does uh, the next question is? Does it allow me to cater my sinful cater to my sinful desires, or does it call me to die to sin sinful desires? I <laughs> put, if it's catering to your sinful desires, you need to run yes. <laughs> fast and a long way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if if you. Have like you were saying, Crystal. You know, if if you've had a past of doing, you know, the wrong thing by God, however small or big that thing might seem in the eyes of the world, that's still sin. And if you're happily slipping back into that every so often, mm. or every week, or you know, if you're still slipping in and out of that, then you have not. You know, whatever you're listening to is catering to your sinful desires. You know, it's not, you know, pushing you away from them. So, yeah, yeah I'd be getting some other yeah. teaching. Well, it's, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah. Um, you know, 
I'm pretty sure we've talked about this as a, you know, girls group, a community of women, that, you know, what you feed yourself is what's going to grow. So if you're feeding yourself on the healthy, nutritious, you know, fruits and vegetables and lean meats and things like that, then you're going to be healthy and fruitful and, you know, all those things. But if you're feeding yourself garbage, it's going to, you know, you're going to rot. You, everything in you is going to rot. And um, if you're feeding yourself with, like, I know from my own experience, you know, um, my husband and I used to be addicted to a game. And that would consume our thoughts. We'd sit at the dinner table. Instead of talking about what was going on in our day, we'd talk about what we're going to do next in the game. And then our little tiny daughter would be, you know, pushed to the side so that we could play the game. And <laughs> our life ended up just being so consumed by it that it took a brick in the head, basically, from God to go, wait, what are you doing? And I was like, it was, you know, my 10-month-old daughter was in her playpen crying for me. And I wasn't there. And that sinful desire just blew me away that I was allowing that to consume me. I was allowing that garbage to consume me. And from then on, it was just like, God, you've got to help me through this because I can't, I can't deal with this myself. And um, I wasn't comfortable in my fleshy desires because I had people around me who were also pushing me and telling me that I was doing the wrong thing and that I needed to come into line with God. So the people that are around you, the things that you're listening to, the things that you're spending your time on are so important to God and your walk. Mm. Because if he's not number one, then there's something wrong. Mm. I like what you said too about the people you're surrounding yourself with. Like bad company corrupts good character. Mm. And also the opposite is true. Like good company is going to pull you up yeah. and help you to grow because they're spurring you on. It's that iron sharpening iron. So I like what you're saying. I think that's so vital that we surround ourselves with people who also want to be true disciples, yeah. who want to become more and more like Jesus. Alrighty. Um, and I think another point on that is that like God's word is is like a sword it does cut through it should be cutting through and revealing your true motives and your attitudes behind your actions mm -hmm. you know because god's not just concerned with um what we're doing but also why we're doing so i think that if we're sitting where we can just be comfortable in our sin and we're not here feeling that sharp edge of the blade then we really got to ask ourselves um, about what we're getting because if you want to be a disciple that's not the place for you mm -hmm. alrighty okay so those commands crucifying your flesh dying daily to self picking up and carrying your cross those are the ones that ensure you're going to be increasingly being conformed to the image of Jesus becoming more like Christ and that is the real blessing God working in and through you, working your character, shaping you, molding you like clay as he reconstructs you into the image of his son. So it can be hard and sore, but it is all worth it. Yes, God's favor and love and provision are there too, 
But the gospel is a whole package. It's all or nothing. That word entirety. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's look now what Jesus says to us about the word as our foundation, about applying the word to our lives. And we are all aware that the most important part of a building is the foundation. And we all know that our lives as believers, the only solid, lasting, true foundation upon which we can build our lives is Jesus Christ. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, so how do we make Jesus our foundation? What does that what does that look like, girls? Well, I think I said it in a previous podcast that I've um, I kind of relate to Saul a little bit here, um, who became Paul. Um, I'd love to be as strong in the faith as Paul, and I'm working towards that. Um, but beforehand, I had no faith. I had no um, no desire at all to know Jesus. And in fact, I mocked people who would come to me with, you know, what they've just found out about Jesus. And I was, you know, 14, 15 years old and just being like, you guys are nuts. Like, I don't want to give up my freedom to that stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, freedom. Enslaved to all these yeah. simple things. Um, and so when I met God, it was like a total destruction of the persona that I had put on, you know, that rocky foundation. It was just a total destruction of all of that and a sweeping away of all the, you know, the debris, everything that was left and beginning again. Mm. It was, you know, I found out about Jesus in a, in a time where, you know, my dad was going through cancer and it was rough and, he was miraculously healed from that. And that was the foundation that I was starting to build on was like, there's miracles here. What's going on here? You know, I didn't know this happened. And so I was able to really just move straight into that, that foundation of Jesus, being able to allow him to be the foundation, to allow him the, the rightful place in my life. And um, now it's living everything through Jesus. It's almost like having that filter on your camera that makes you look really good. Um, when you're looking through the filter of Jesus, life just seems so much more joyful, so much more, you know, peaceful and, and good. And um, even when the storms hit, my foundation doesn't rock because I'm built. Oh no, sorry, my. What I've built on the foundation doesn't rock because I've built it on Jesus. Mm. Yeah, I I was thinking about, you know, how to, you know, what, what it looks like in my life. And I, I was thinking about how I'm teaching my kids, you know, and it was this similar when I was growing up. You know, my parents taught me the basics about, um, you know, Jesus loves you. Uh, you need to come to him and... Uh, repent and say you're sorry for all the bad things that you've done and um, and turn your life away from him and I was just just the other day my husband and I were explaining this to our 10 year old who um, he 
we talked last week at church in, at our um, meeting that we were talking about baptism and he he was like, he just randomly asked the question, do we know anyone with a spa? And I'm like, <laughs> why? And he goes, because I want to get baptised, but it's too cold to go swimming at the moment. <laughs> and so, um, and anyway, and we just got talking about, you know, well, <laughs> and he was asking the question, like, you know, if you, if, um, if I'm baptised and my brother says that I've done something wrong and I haven't, and I say I haven't, who would you believe? <laughs> and so we were just wanting to make sure he had the right idea about baptism. <laughs> Magical one. So we went back and we had them both there and we're talking about, you know, what what do you think it means to to love God? And he's like, well, God loves me and so I need to love him and do things his way. And And we're like, well, you need to make sure that you – repent and he's like what does that mean and he's and and my husband's like well it means you have to say you're sorry like tell God about the thing that you or the things that that you've done wrong and you have to say you're sorry and you have to ask him for forgiveness and I was saying and then you have to turn around and not do the same thing again Um, and he's like what if you do (laughs) I'm like well you need to do that all again and try really hard not to do that sinful thing again. And so just trying to explain that. But as, you know, in my case, I was lucky enough to have that foundation as a, as a child, you know, and um, that's, yeah, that's how it looked in my life. And so we're able to do that for our children as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to make Jesus your foundation is just basically to, you know, have everything in your life mm. on him yeah. and and his word and build everything on the entire word. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. I think it's really to have Christ as our foundation, we have to come to that personal point of revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that we are sinners and that we need a saviour. We have to come to that point of repentance. And I remember when like, I grew up in the church, so I always believed in God, but I wasn't saved. I just went to church. I did all the good things that you do. I prayed, I read my Bible, but I wasn't saved. I just believed in God. And it wasn't until I had that personal revelation of my need for a saviour and that Christ died for my sins. You know, I was cut by conviction and I repented and I gave my life to Christ. And I, I remember I cried for hours. I've never cried so much in my life. And it was just that weight of conviction and repentance and like suddenly that freedom from this weight that I didn't even know I was carrying. And that is what it is to, to have Christ as your foundation, that that personal point of revelation and all right, you are Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then that the building on that foundation is that process of sanctification, putting aside those old, old ways. And each one of us needs to have that, that point of conviction and repentance, you know, that personal revelation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross, who was raised on the third day and has ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. 
And if you have not come to this point, you know, there's so many people who've been just sitting in church all their life and they may not even think, hey, are you a Christian? When did you, they might not even be able to think of a time when Christ became their Lord. Then you need to really consider whether you truly are saved. Yeah. Do you believe in God or are you truly saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? So we need to remember that we have all sinned and fallen short. None of us is good. None of us is righteous. And the wages of our sin, the penalty for our sin is death. But the gift of God is our eternal life in Christ. And we know that God loves us because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again. And the Bible tells us, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And if you are not sure if you have been saved, if you are not sure that Christ is the foundation of your life, if you can't think of a time when you've truly repented of your sin, then let's pray together now to commit yourself to Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, I know that I am a sinner and I am in need of a saviour. I ask you to forgive my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the dead. I choose now to turn away from my sin. I repent of it and I invite Jesus to be Lord of my life. I submit myself to your will, Father, and I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit to fill me and help me to obey you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So when we come to that point of personal revelation and repentance, that is the beginning of our journey with God. So that is what Christ is as our foundation. And from this point on, we must begin to hear the word of God and obey it. And the first step is asking Christ to be Lord of our life. All right, so let's just listen now to this passage of scripture that we may be familiar with and just take note of what Jesus is saying here. In Matthew 7, 24 to 27, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let's look... Excuse me. <clears throat> Let's look at verse 24. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. We're going to continue to build throughout our lives. It's an ongoing process. Build on the rock. Rock is a starting point. We should be asking ourselves continually, how are we building? What does our build look like? And will it stand in this life and the next? I think that's an excellent point for us to finish out our podcast on. Um, 
These are the questions we should be asking ourselves again. I'll just repeat them again. How are we building? What does our building look like? Will it stand in this life and the next? We encourage you to think on these questions, to get yourself into the word. Go read that, that passage of scripture, Matthew 16, 13, 18. In our next podcast, we're going to be talking about that in a lot more detail. So go have a look at that, study that scripture, begin to understand what it means and then go and look at your life and consider what have you built on. Right. Yep. All right. The scripture is actually Matthew 7, 24 to 27. All right. If you want to get in contact with us, you can jump onto our website at www.life-house.net. We'll see you next time.